This podcast is brought to you by the Reform Witness Committee of Hope Protestant Reformed Church in Walker, Michigan. It is our goal to spread our distinct Protestant Reformed views based on the Word of God and the Reformed Confessions. We hope that this message is edifying to you. If the civil government is to be the minister or the servant of God, then it's necessary that the civil government be given power. He has to have power in order for him to fulfill his task, his duties as the servant of God. And so the Word of God teaches that the civil government does indeed have power. We read in Romans 13, verse 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. What's power? What's this power that the civil government has? Power, we must understand, is not simply brute force. It's not simply physical strength. There might be a strong man who is able to exert his will over another man. But that physical strength that he exercises over another man is certainly not the power spoken of in this text. Nor is power simply intelligence, having a high IQ. It could be that there is a smart man who does have a measure of power over others. He's able to influence others because he can communicate well to them. And he can gain even a large gathering of people in light of his intelligence. But that too is not the power here that God speaks of in Romans 13. Another power that one might have is the power of wealth. The power of riches. A rich man can exercise some influence over others. He can sway men one direction or another direction by putting some money to his words. But that too is not the power that is spoken of in Romans chapter 13. Rather, the power that God gives unto the civil government, who is God's servant, is the power of authority. That's the power that God gives to the the civil government, authority. And authority is the right to impose one's will upon another. The civil government, as the servant of God, has the right to impose their will upon another. God says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. God has given unto that civil magistrate power, that is, authority, the right to impose their will upon others. And so it matters not then if the person in authority is strong or weak. It matters not if the person in authority is intelligent or irrational. It matters not then if the person in authority is rich or poor, the reality is this this individual has power given them by God himself. And because God has given that individual power, they have the right to tell others what to do and to expect then that they will obey him. The clear teaching of this text is God 
gives power to the civil government. The powers that be are ordained of God. There is no power but of God. This means that authority does not come from man. There is a commonly held conception in Western culture which teaches that authority is held by the people, that we the people govern ourselves. I rule myself. And therefore, if anyone else is to rule over me, I must give him that right to rule over me. And the way then that I give others the right to rule over me is by way of a majority vote. That's the way it works in a democracy, that we go to the polls, we vote for someone, and whoever gets the majority vote, that individual has the right to rule over me. And then that individual only has the right to rule over me for as long as I give him the right to rule over me. But if I, along with the majority of the people, decide that we don't want him to rule over me anymore, then we can take that right to rule away. Commonly held, though, that line of thinking is, especially in Western culture, that simply is not biblical thinking about authority. The problem with that line of thinking is that then man becomes the sovereign ruler. I am the one who rule over myself, and I will not permit anyone else to rule over me except I give that individual the right to rule over me, and then I can take that authority away from out of my life if I disagree with how you are ruling over me. It's a very proud, even a humanistic way of thinking, and it goes against the teaching of God's Word. Nowhere does God's Word teach that man is sovereign. Nowhere does God's Word teach that the civil magistrate receives his power from man. Man is not the source of authority. Man is not the source of power. But God alone is the one who holds all power in his hands. He is the one who created out of nothing the heavens and the earth and all that is therein. He is the one who, according to his fatherly providence, upholds and governs all things on this earth. And he is the one who appoints certain men to positions of power. And he is the one who gives to those those men power to rule over his people. The powers that be are ordained of God. And so it matters not, then, how an individual got into office. It could be that a man got into office in a very wicked and evil way. That that has happened in, in occasions, many occasions throughout history. Just one example 
that we call attention to Jeroboam in the Old Testament. Remember, Rehoboam was king. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. And Rehoboam was the one who lawfully sat upon the throne in Jerusalem. But then Jeroboam led a lawless and disobedient rebellion against Rehoboam. Jeroboam told the Israelites, To your tents, O Israel. And then he led this rebellion against the man that God had anointed as king, Rehoboam. And so we might think then that in light of the fact that Jeroboam was leading this rebellion against the king that God had chosen, and that because Jeroboam's rebellion was lawless and wicked, that it would have been the right of Rehoboam to squelch this evil uprising against the king that God had put in office. But, hear with me the word of the Lord. 1 Kings 12, verse 24. Thus saith the Lord, speaking to Rehoboam, Ye shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this is from me. Even though Jeroboam's rebellion was lawless, disobedient, even though it went against the Lord's anointed king, Rehoboam, yet God was sovereign over it. God had ordained that Jeroboam would be the king over that group that broke off the ten tribes that broke off from the nation of Judah. And so it matters not, then, by what means a man is put into the office of civil government. He is the minister of God. It could be that a man is put into office by means of a majority vote then God was sovereign over that. It could be that man was put into office by means of force, by means of corruption, by means of manipulating the votes of the people. Then God was sovereign over that too. For there is no power but of God. Thank you for listening to this message. It is our hope that it was edifying to you. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them to be notified as future messages are published. We welcome you to join us on Sundays for worship at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. You can find more information about us at our website, hopeprchurch.org. Also, you can follow us on our Hope Protestant Reformed Church Facebook page. And you can email the Reform Witness Committee with any questions or feedback at hope rwc at gmail.com. Thank you.